Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Hey, our good friend Taylor Cole, host of Hotel Hunt TV, heard on Amazon Prime, is going to join us this week. She joins us about once a month to give us her impression on the latest hotels that she's stayed at. And this time out, she's going to give us her impression of the Hotel Figueroa in Los Angeles. And then we're going to head from the West Coast to the East Coast and visit New York City, who just had their Thanksgiving Day Parade. So now they're gearing up for Christmas and New Year's. But to start things out, are you one of those people who like to book your own travel? Well, we're going to talk about the whole process of do-it-yourself online booking from flights and hotels to excursions and activities, what to watch out for, and where to get the best deals. So to help us out to do that, we're joined now by Russell Hannon. He's a travel expert and author of the book Stop Dreaming, Start Traveling, and is an acclaimed international speaker. His website is BreakTheTravelBarrier.com. Hi, Russell. Hi, Randy. Let's talk about uh, online uh, travel booking sites. Uh, lots of people use them. Uh, to start, though, are all online travel booking sites the same, pretty much? Oh, well, they're all built differently. And, and actually, CBC Marketplace did a, a really good study on this, a real in-depth report. Uh, you can actually uh, uh, even Google it online. It was titled, How Companies Use Personal Data to charge different people different prices for the same product. Ah. They actually brought three people in who ran the same searches from their personal computers and their cell phones, and they were getting all these different prices. And what I loved is is they actually went down to Expedia's head office in Bellevue, Washington, and tabled it all and asked them to explain the differences for that. So ultimately, it's a little bit of homework with that, but big story is, is you're consistently getting different prices on different websites, and companies and websites can actually change your search results uh, based on anything they know about you. So, for example, if you always <laughs> log into to a website uh, and you always look up a hotel room and you always book it, it can actually manipulate the uh, algorithm to give you a different result. Or maybe it sees that you always log in and you look up this room, but you never book it, it might actually manipulate a search result to drop the price a little bit just to throw you bone, hope that you actually book it. Wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that answer. That's <laughs> that's crazy. So I guess the short, short answer is, yes, they're all the same, and the fact that they're all different. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, so I recommend running your search through three different websites. <clears throat> Generally, as a rule of thumb, you don't want to turn it into a part-time job. Uh, but try using three different search engines, but try to always book your trip direct with the travel operator, regardless of which website you've used to find the fare. Mm-hmm. Usually you have, you have slightly better terms and conditions when booking direct. So, uh, for example, if I'm looking for a flight and uh, I see, I just go on a general uh, search or three uh, websites and I see an Air Canada flight, for example, is it better to go on the Air Canada site then and, and, and book it from there? Is that what you're uh, saying? Yes, to book it direct. Uh, now, when you go to Air Canada, one challenge is you have to put your dates in for your search. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is let's say you want to go to Rome, and you'd like to get the best fare. Might be it might come up in six months. Well, that's why you're flexible. If you go to aircanada.com or .ca, you'll have trouble finding that. But uh, you can actually sign up to some newsletters where you put your desired itinerary and it'll send you alerts when it finds the best fares in the next 12 months to that destination. Mm. Uh, one example is airfarewatchdog.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, uh, I do, I've, I've done that. I've used that. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's free to use and there's faircompare.com. So, so they're all free. And so they send you that information. Then you go straight to Air Canada's website and you can put the specific dates for that itinerary. 
So now let's talk about hotels for a bit. Uh, where do you, same, same kind of thing as far as you were talking about, uh, as far as algorithms and the sites. So check three sites and then go to the hotel uh, direct website. Well, well, hotels is different. Uh, a lot of us ha- are, are, have much more preference in terms of the sort of hotel that we stay in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, luxury or not. Something that you should know, regardless of the hotel that you book, uh, prices are always fluctuating. So just to save yourself, if the price drops after you book, there's a website that you can go to anytime you book a hotel. You can go to provo.net, and you just provide your booking uh, information, and it's constantly looking for a better fare for an identical itinerary, and if it finds it, it'll actually give you an alert of that with an option to cancel it, rebook at lower fare. Hmm. Now, this will only work as if your booking with the hotel does allow for a change. So if you book the cheapest rate, uh, you're not going to be able to execute that option. Yeah, that's the caveat. If you get the the cheapest uh, hotel rate, usually it's a non-cancellation you got to pay in full. Right. That's right. That's right. But but uh, something I like. Uh, let's say you like to stay at five star resorts and mm-hmm. get the best fare. Um, uh, there's a website that posts the cheapest things in the world, all related to travel. And there's this great list that I saw. It's 104 cities with the cheapest five star resorts in the world. And you can start at the top of that list and work your way down so you see a city that you want to visit. And number one on that list, the latest uh, version is in Bali, Indonesia, which found five star hotels as low as $24 US a night. Now, it doesn't give you the exact hotel name, but that's where you can go to Priceline and you can search hotels by city by star type. So you can say, search five-star cities in Bali, Indonesia, mm-hmm. only five-star hotels. Uh-huh. And actually, I found uh, I found one I'm looking at it now, $9 a night. Uh, I see another one for $11, $16 a night. That's US dollars. But jaw-dropping low fares by using tools that give you that that, uh, that direction in terms of where you want to go. So in that, in that case, you might not want to go to Bali, but there's 104 cities to choose from, so mm-hmm. you just work your way down the list. Well, and the other thing with hotels you got to watch out now are resort fees uh, because mm. they're not always advertised on those online sites, and they're in the fine print, and you don't find out until you check out. Well, you know what? Uh, a lot of laws, consumer protection laws, uh, have some weakness in them that are allowing resorts to do this. And, and it, we've been reading about this in the news a little bit of late. And just really, really deceiving in terms of the fares that, that, that we think that we're getting when we book, uh, book online. And my, my hope is that with the emphasis that we're seeing right now, especially in some of the headlines, mm-hmm. is that uh, certain laws are going to tighten up to uh, uh, mandate much more uh, transparency uh, yeah. on the posted fares. Just be aware. And that's always even best to ask the hotel themselves. You can always call them and say, hey, do you charge a resort fee? And then you know right away, right? You know what? That's the best way to do it. I completely agree with what you just said there. Uh, now, what about excursions, activities, those types of things? Uh, you know, think places like Disneyland, Universal, can you get tickets uh, online with better deals than you can through them? Yeah, a few, a few options uh, to, to get. Now, one thing to consider, it's always cheaper for locals to go to those places than it is for tourists. So if you're a Costco member, when you go to Orlando before you go to Epcot or to, uh, to Disney, just actually stop into the Costco and you might actually find these uh, gift cards where you oh. can get three-day passes for the price of two. But you can also, uh, if you sign up to e- e-coupons, like Groupon, a few weeks before your trip, regardless of where you go, just change your hometown to the city you'll be visiting, and you'll start getting discount coupons to target locals in those cities for activities, excursions, spas, golf, uh, going to different sorts of uh, theme parks. Uh, and you can often get up to 35 or 40% off 
by buying a Groupon ticket. Some great tips and advice. Uh, Russell's website is BreakTheTravelBarrier.com. He's also the author of Stop Dreaming, Start Traveling, and has all kinds of advice for everyone. (laughs) Russell Hannon, uh, always a pleasure uh, to chat with you, Russell. Thank you. Happy travels. So about once a month, we like to welcome back our good friend Taylor Cole. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV, heard on Amazon Prime. And this time out, Taylor joins us to give us her impression of the Hotel Figueroa in Los Angeles. And Taylor is here now via Skype. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Randy. Let's talk about the Hotel Figueroa in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I guess let's begin by just telling us where it's located for a start. Absolutely. Hotel Figueroa is in downtown Los Angeles, California. It is very near the Staples Center, the LA Convention Center, Microsoft Theater, and this is this new boutique hotel mecca with an emphasis on art. So if you are out and about enjoying some entertainment, Hotel Figueroa, this beautiful art-inspired boutique hotel is where you want to stay. Nice. Well, I am looking at the website, hotelfigueroa.com. Uh, it's, uh, it may be uh, like a newer area for some new hotels, but this has been around for a while, hasn't it? It's been around. As a matter of fact, it was founded in the 1920s by some very pioneering women who realized that women needed a place to stay. Back at this time, in order to stay in a hotel, women had to have a male counterpart to co-sign their stay. And also, really, there was two big issues going on. One, women weren't allowed to check into a hotel. And two, if you were staying in a hotel, Randy, you might have a bad reputation Mm. as a woman. So it was very questionable if a woman was going to stay in a hotel. (laughs) Well, yeah. Can you imagine? No kidding, right? (laughs) So the YWCA decided to take out a loan for, I think, $1.25 million so that they could build a haven for solo female travelers. This turned out to be an exclusive women's hostel in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. And now we fast forward 100 years later, and a guy named Brad Hall has developed and redone the hotel with an art-inspired theme but also really respecting and honoring women um, throughout the hotel. Nice. Well, times have changed, haven't they, for the better. Uh, So tell me, what are some of the things that stood out for you? This hotel is gorgeous. First off, I love boutique hotels, Randy, because they have so much appeal. Um, Just a, a really unique vibe about it. So Hotel Figueroa has about 268 rooms, and a lot of those are suites. The suites... I have to tell you, Randy, are so incredible. There's a suite, a very special one, called the Casablanca. Mm -hmm. It has a Spanish contemporary design, a really large seating area, full sofas, tables, and there's a library bookshelf. (laughs) Now, Randy, you touch this library bookshelf, and it takes you to a secret room. Seriously? Yeah, called the Casbah, which is above the bar. It's a private dining room. You can have a dinner party of up to eight, or you could have a big party of standing guests for about 24. There's even a bar there where someone, a bartender, could serve you drinks while you're partying in your private room in your <laughs> Casablanca suite. Well, you know what's neat about the uh, website, HotelFigueroa.com, is I just did this. I'm, uh, you can do a virtual tour 
of the uh, suites. So if you go and you click on the Casablanca suite, uh, there's a little arrow by the bookshelf that you're talking about, and sure enough, it takes you to the Casbah. So it's kind of cool. You get a, 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 a real feel for what, it, what is uh, being offered. Yes. And so if your tastes aren't quite that opulent to have your very own suite with a secret passageway, the rooms are gorgeous with a Spanish tile contemporary design. They've got lots of beautiful tiled walls, double, base, double basin vanities, um, enclosed showers. It's, it's a really neat place. Um, and throughout the hotel, Randy, you're going to see unique art that was all created by female artists. Nice. So that's great. So, okay, that's uh, uh, some of the rooms now. What are some of the uh, amenities uh, that are offered for their guests? Well, let's just talk about some food. How about that? Mm, okay. <laughs> I like talking about food. Delicious food. Um, so Briva is a Basque-style restaurant, and that's that part of Spain, the beautiful countryside of Spain, Basque. And so all the food in Briva is uh, Mediterranean-style, Spanish. There's lots of meats that are, and fish that are grilled over hot coals. Um, they've got a delicious hamburger, so I hear. You know, I don't eat meat, but my girlfriend went there, and she said she had the best time, and she ate the big old hamburger. Now, Branzino is more of my style, and so that's what I had was the Branzino fish. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a lot of rich and savory dishes at Breva. Now, if you want to entertain, so like my husband loves to go outside to the poolside. Mm -hmm. Well, the Veranda restaurant is a taste of Mexico City. So you've got more traditional Mexico street tacos. You've got avocado toast to really fit kind of the vibe <laughs> right now of everyone wanting that avocado toast. You've got enchiladas. Plus, if you want some libations, there's tequila and mezcal cocktails. Nice. But, you know, you can work off some of those calories because the fig, as we like to commonly call it, has lots of music and entertainment. So they, they often bring in um, all-female bands. They have female DJs with playlists going in the two main areas of the hotel. So you can definitely work off the calories that you burn or that you gain when you're eating <laughs> in all those restaurants and do some great dancing throughout the hotel. Um, they also have art events. They have female comedy nights. I mean, so there's a lot to do right there within the hotel cool. if you want to stay there. Nice. Uh, now, if you step outside the door, you mentioned it's closer to it's close to the Staples Center. So if you're, I guess, if you're taking in any of the events there, it's it's a good stay, right? It is. And, you know, you have this kind of a uh, personal, a warm, a, a more intimate feel staying at this boutique hotel. And then you can go to the massive Staples Center, the L.A. Convention Center, the Microsoft Theater, and you can really enjoy a lot of the downtown Los Angeles nightlife and sights. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back to food, Randy, if you want to eat outside the rest of the hotel, you could go to a number of these really great restaurants. Um, for example, Nixo or NIXO is a patio lounge. And so before you take in an event at Staples, you could enjoy some cocktails and light appetizers there. Wolfgang Puck, he's got a Chinese restaurant. It's WP24. And if you want to make more of a commitment to dining, you want that, you know, I guess, more luxurious type of meal, this is a Chinese restaurant that has super high ratings. People love going there. And so Wolfgang Puck's restaurant is not too far from Hotel Figueroa as well. 
Very good. What are some of the other um, uh, area activities uh, besides the Staples Center that people uh, might take in? Well, you know, there's always great shopping in Los Angeles. And so when you're in L.A., of course, you can venture to the Hollywood area and take in some of the historic sites, you know, Grauman's Chinese Theater. Um, you could see the the stars on the Walk of Fame. You know, there's museums, there's entertainment all throughout. You can go to Beverly Hills if you really, really want to shop. <laughs> uh, you know, so Los Angeles, uh, the City of Angels has so much to offer. Um, if you're not familiar with L.A., there's a lot of great guides and information on the best places to visit. We spotlight a few of those on episode one of Hotel Hunt that's on Amazon Prime, and that's the episode about Hotel Figueroa. Cool. So you can learn a bit more there. And then one other thing I forgot to mention, though, Randy, about Hotel Figueroa is Maude Bolden. She was the founder of Hotel Figueroa, and she was the first female hotel manager in the country. Really? So... This lady, you'll see pictures of her throughout, and there's a big picture when you first walk in, a painting when you walk into the hotel, and she's on a motorbike. (laughs) She flew her own plane, she rode motorcycles, she rode bicycles, um, she raced sports cars, so she was definitely a woman on the edge who was leading the way for people like me so that I can travel and I can do all these exciting things that I love to do when I'm on a hotel hunt. Yeah, no kidding. Things you just take for granted nowadays, right? Yeah, you really do. Uh, Taylor Cole is the host of Hotel Hunt TV, again on Amazon Prime, their website, hotelhunttv.com. Always a pleasure to chat, Taylor. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Randy. I always look forward to our adventures. Thank you so much. So I am hard-pressed to find a city that gets more geared up for the holiday season than New York City. They just held their famous Thanksgiving Day Parade, so now they're getting set for Christmas and New Year's. So to tell us all about that and visiting New York City in general, it's Chris Haywood. He is the Executive Vice President Global Communications for NYC and Company. The website is nycgo.com. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? It's great to be on the show. I am well, thank you. Uh, There's always so much to see and do in New York City. It's really hard to plan a trip, I think, if you're going for three or four days or four or five days and and get the most out of it, especially if you've never been. So let's start there. Help me out. If I've never been, which I have, but (laughs) if I've never been and I want to plan a trip to New York City, uh, where do I start? Well, there's just so much to see, and I really think people want to go to the icons. And many of our icons have actually been been reinvented in, in uh, recent months. So definitely uh, plan to see uh, an observatory in the city like the Empire State Building or the One World Observatory. Plan to see a museum or two, such as the Metropolitan Museum of Art or the new MoMA, which has just been expanded and reinvented. Um, also consider going to the Statue of Liberty because we have a new Statue of Liberty Museum that just recently opened. Uh, which is climate controlled, and you can learn about the history and heritage of the Statue of Liberty. But um, there's just so much to see in New York, and and in recent years we've called it the New New York, just because if you haven't been here um, or it's your first time, there's just going to be so many new things to think about. Mm -hmm. So now if you want tickets to a specific event, say a Broadway musical or a play or something like that, it's probably best to plan ahead, right? You don't want to leave that to, to when you arrive. 
Absolutely not. And that's a really, really great suggestion that you make. You really do need to plan ahead of time. We have a great website, nycgo.com, which has a lot of tips. And for first-time travelers, we definitely recommend that you plan ahead. You make your restaurant reservations ahead of time. You also choose those Broadway shows that you want to see and buy the tickets in advance so you can uh, assure yourself that you get the the selection that you want. A lot of people show up and, uh, yes, there are same-day half-price tickets available, but they will not be for the show that you choose necessarily, um, or, or there will be less less choice. So um, planning really does help. And if you really want to get more uh, value, I always recommend that you come in the months of January and February, where uh, you can have the city to yourself, but hotel rates are a little less. And there's two-for-one deals on theater and attractions, as well as dining deals. And those kick off at the end of January through the beginning of February. Well, that's nice. Good. Uh, So now just getting around, too, uh, from the New York City, the famous taxis that we see all the time and the subway system, it's pretty easy to get around So no matter where you stay within the metro area, right? It is very, very easy. And what we love is it's $2.75 U.S. to get anywhere by subway or bus in the five boroughs of New York City. Now, we don't have a subway system in Staten Island, but we do have a bus system. And we have a free Staten Island ferry to take you over to the new Empire outlets on Staten Island, which is great. But yes, yellow taxis are great, but they're a little pricey. Uh, So we encourage you to use public transportation and move by subway. It's very, very efficient. Uh, Now, you've just finished up Thanksgiving in the U.S. Uh, That means that the big push to Christmas and New Year's, I think New York City, uh, more than any other city, has an air about it during the holidays. Uh, Talk a little bit about that and what makes New York City so special during the holidays. Well, we believe there's no more special place than New York City for the holidays. It's just so festive. All the lights, all the beauty, all the energy and dynamism. It's extraordinary. Uh, I think it, it really revolves around this festive feel that you get with the, you know, starting with the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree uh, that lights December 4th and continuing on with all the department store windows that really come to life. And this year, we're really excited because we have several sparkling light festivities around the city, including three Winter Lantern Festivals. We've got a Winter Lantern Festival over in Staten Island. We've got the uh, Hello Panda Festival at City Field in Queens. And we've got the Luminosity Festival over in Randall's Island. So we've got lots of acres of lights and opportunities to really, really capture that holiday magic. We also have extraordinary uh, retail opportunities um, throughout the city. And we have a new development called Hudson Yards, which is on the far west side. It's the largest private real estate development in the history of the U.S. And it recently opened this year, and it's got great shopping and great opportunities for dining, and they're going to have um, a light spectacle over there as well. So it's going to be very, very festive and feel. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's two things you touched on, too. There's shopping and dining. So that goes back to my point. If you want to pack everything in in three or four days, you best plan ahead, right? Well, absolutely. And you better pack an extra suitcase or buy one when you're here, because one of the things that people love to do is have the bragging rights that they shop in New York City. And what's great is there are so many shopping opportunities from the main department stores that we have, like Macy's, Bloomingdale's, Saks Fifth Avenue, and the new Nordstrom flagship near Central Park, to Luxury Neiman Marcus at Hudson Yards. But then we also have a lot of boutique shopping opportunities throughout the city, whether it's in the West Village or in the Lower East Side uh, or in the Meatpacking District. There are 
are opportunities to really uh, slow down a little bit and uh, and, and enjoy some of the um, really unique shopping opportunities. We also have holiday markets throughout the city, whether it's near Central Park, in Bryant Park, in Grand Central Terminal, or in Union Square. We have really, really neat holiday shops, um, holiday markets. And this is a chance to really get, uh, you know, patronize some of these local makers and get a gift that's a little bit more personalized. Mm. So there's plenty, plenty of opportunities at every price range. You can buy the expensive watch or you can just uh, buy an inexpensive knickknack at one of these um, one of these holiday markets. Uh, your website says something to do all 31 days in December. And one of the things that I think, again, this goes back to the Hollywood thing or the television thing is the uh, New York City ice skating rinks. Uh, tell me about some of those. Well, ice skating is an iconic activity in New York City. Obviously, we've got the Rockefeller Center Christmas uh, tree, and underneath that is the uh, the rink there, which is amazing. But we also have a great uh, uh, ice skating rink in Bryant Park where the rentals are free. We also have the Woolman Rink in Central Park. And we even have some of our hotels offering um, offering ice skating opportunities like the Standard Hotel in the Meatpacking District. And down in Lower Manhattan um, at Pier 17, um, which is near the, near the Seaport District, we actually have rooftop ice skating available that uh, overlooks the uh, East River and the Brooklyn Bridge. So I think that's pretty iconic. And there are plenty of options for people. And that's really a a great opportunity for people to get outside and really soak up the energy and excitement of New York City at the holidays. Mm -hmm. We also have some really, really unique things going on that maybe you've never heard of. Um, And one of those I want to just suggest to you is the New York Holiday Train Show up at uh, the New York Botanical Garden in the Bronx. That's a short train ride from Grand Central, but um, basically they've taken all these icons of New York City and they've recreated them using natural materials like bark and other um, other plants um, to really create this beautiful, beautiful spectacle. Um, and it's called the New York Holiday Train Show. And uh, I think that is just such a special opportunity. So you know, New York has a lot of unique offerings that you just wouldn't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about New Year's Eve now. I think, uh, again, a lot of people are familiar with what goes on in Times Square. I suppose, though, if you don't like crowds, uh, best to save it till after uh, New Year's is done, though, right? Well, absolutely. I think one of the best um, one of the best kept secrets about New York City is to come in January. If you make Christmas in January your mission, you will save extraordinary amounts of money on the hotels. Uh, the hotel rates drop uh, quite significantly in the first week of January. Yet a lot of the Christmas activity is available to you, whether it's seeing the Christmas uh, spectacular at Radio City Music Hall or it's going in to take advantage of some of these light festivals that I was talking about. But if you really are brave and courageous and you can withstand the elements and you don't mind standing outside for several hours, seeing the iconic ball drop in Times Square is really one of the most extraordinary opportunities of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And um, this year will not only mark a new year, but a new decade. So being able to see the seven-foot-tall numbers of two and zero displayed starting in mid-December um, and uh, then seeing the the, um, the ball drop in Times Square is really, really really extraordinary. So um, this is a six-ton ball. It's um, covered in 2,688 Waterford crystal triangles and um, 16 million different colors. And it will also be broadcast around the world. So if you don't get a chance to be here, we always invite people to come in and at least get a chance to see it on television and then plan your trip 
maybe to come at a later time. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. It is a chance of a lifetime to see uh, New York City New Year's Eve in Times Square. Uh, lots of things to see in New York. We could go on probably for hours, but you can find lots of information on the NYC Go website, nycgo.com. And Chris Haywood is the Executive Vice President, Global Communications for NYC and Company. Uh, always a pleasure to chat, Chris. Thank you. Thank you so very much, and happy holidays to everyone. See you in New York City. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.